Blog Talk Radio. and welcome to the latest episode of Trendlebed Tales. Now, what I have decided to do this month, because um, well, everything's just been so busy, is rather than try and um, get guests, I'm going to catch up on the roving reports that I didn't do. Uh, I did a roving report now for finishing up the Walnut Grove, uh, trip. I am going to do one today for the Mary Ingalls pageant, and I'm going to do one about Pepin, and hopefully in October we'll get back on schedule with our normal sort of a set of uh, questions. So, uh, before we do anything else, let's just take care of a little housekeeping. which always starts out with a reminder that while I'm assuming a lot of you are streaming this episode, if we, you happen to be listening while we go live, you can go to you can call in as well to 714-242-5253. That's 714-24-TOLL-FREE, 1-877-633-9389. That's toll-free, 1-877-633-9389. And we are also streaming on blogtalkradio.com slash trundlebedtales. And I have opened the chat room. Uh, If you want to just listen to the show any of those ways, that's fine. You can also respond while the show is live, either by calling in, and you can make a comment, ask a question, share a tip, whatever. Uh, You can also do that in the chat room. And before the show starts, you can always reach me by email at info at trundlebedtales or uh, contact me through Facebook at trundlebedtales or through Twitter at trundlebedtales. So uh, that pretty much uh, winds up the... um, winds up the uh, housekeeping for this uh, time. So let's just go ahead and finish up. And get on with the show. Now, as I mentioned, today is going to be a roving report time from Vinton, Iowa. I'm actually coming to you from my house, but that isn't overly far from Vinton. Vinton uh, isn't too far away from Cedar Rapids, which is where I work. It's up Highway 30. Highway 30 is the most of its route, the former Lincoln Highway. So if you're planning and making a Vinton trip, you may want to read up on the Lincoln Highway a little bit if you don't know, because it really is a fascinating subject. Uh, it talks about uh, the fact it was it was basically the first paved route across the country. It took them a long time to get there, but they eventually had a route that went all the way across the country, and then they put out these seedling miles that were paved, and it was 
there were several of them in Iowa because Iowa mud on dirt roads is just so terrible to drive through. Honestly, it is. So people would get on these pieces of pavement, go along. It would be lovely. The car would be moving. Everything would be fine. And they'd lunk off back into the mud and were instantly convinced it was worth the money to pave the road. Or if not instantly, then pretty soon along. Uh, There's also been a big movement to restore the Lincoln Highway uh, as sort of a tourist thing yet today. And right along the road, before you turn to Venton, is the Youngsville Cafe, which was a cafe, gas station, sort of all-around rest area when those were kind of few and far between on the open stretch of highway. And they are actually open uh, a couple days a week. And uh, if you're planning to go sometime when it isn't the pageant, you may want to take a look at their schedule and try and get a meal there because it is a real fun experience to eat a meal like it was still the 1920s or 1930s and you've stopped at this little cafe on your road across the country on the Lincoln Highway. So, however, if you are going for the pageant, it's probably not going to be one of the days that Youngsville's open. But uh, you turn, if you're coming from the south, you turn north there by the Youngsville Cafe. Now, if you missed coming to the Mary Ingalls pageant this year, they are planning on repeating it next year. They have not firmly firmed up the date, uh, but uh, it looks like it's probably going to be that same first weekend in August, so you can pencil it in. Now, the Mary Ingalls pageant, this was the very first time they had held it. There had been, during the um, anniversary of the school, they had done sort of a little playlet kind of thing. Um, But it really, in no way, could be considered a pageant. It was sort of more just sort of a couple scenes together and really wasn't a fully developed story. But I think that's what gave people the idea to that they really wanted to pursue having a pageant. So this is really the first year that they had a pageant, which was really neat to be able to say you were there right at the beginning. Now next year you're still going to be there the second year of the pageant, which is pretty close to the beginning. So uh, I think you may want to consider coming just for that. I had mentioned that uh, we'd be coming up 30 if you were coming from, or you'd be going down 30 and then coming up towards Vinton if you were coming from the south. And I want to give everybody a tip. Whether you're coming for the pageant or whether you're just coming to tour the school, which you can do, uh, right now they have finished the roof repairs, but they've got a bunch of interior things to do. So... There isn't as much to see as there will be later, but uh, it is moving along and uh, you certainly can go ahead and take the tour. So whether you're going for the pageant or just a tour, when you're coming up from the south, you will just outside of town can either go straight or there will be a branch off to the left. And it took me a while to figure this out. But what you want to do is take the branch off to the left. Because you would think, as the the school is built on top of the hill, and it's three stories and has a big cupola tower thing on top, that you 
would see it that it would like stick out among the other houses. But there are enough other hills in town fully built up that you have to really watch the side streets to see it. And because there aren't too many buildings around it, I mean, you kind of almost have to see the actual old main itself down the side street to be able to spot it. And that can be confusing. I used to have to drive around a lot and say, okay, where is this silly thing? I know it's down this road or this road or this one. And um, it's much easier if you just take 218, which is the branch off, and circle around and come in the school from the behind because you can clearly see it. It's right there. It, it's just a lot easier. So if you're coming from the south, take that branch off. And really, if you're coming from the north, look for 218. I think it'll be easier for you, too. Uh, so for the pageant, parking is always an issue with the school. Um, it was designed to be uh, when people would you know, walk to the school, they had students who mostly boarded, you might be you know, brought up in a, in a horse and buggy, but you'd be dropped off and that would be it. So they really didn't have much in the way of parking. Um, they in this last little build-up there, actually adding a little parking. They had a very small lot behind the school, and then people would often park on the circular drive that was, you know, originally intentioned as a drop-off, but it was wide enough that you could park and still have room for people to go by. Um, but there's also, for the pageant, they actually used the school parking lot next door and a couple other ones. Now, these were a little farther away from the school, but they thought that in mind and got volunteers in golf carts. And so even though I really didn't think we needed one, um, I ended up being golf carted to the school both times because they just were doing a really nice job of moving people up. Uh, came very early for the show. I mean... Um, I was a little late the, the first night, Friday night, because I had to come straight from work, and at that I had gotten off just a little early. But still, the the place was pretty much full when I was there. And once people had a seat, because this was festival or general admission seating, which means you got a ticket, but the ticket didn't say you have seat 2A or 34C or anything like that. It was just you had to find a seat. Uh, and the admissions were the same whether you were on the bottom floor or the balcony. It was it was full, I think, pretty much to capacity the first night. The second night, it was a little emptier, but not a lot. It was a real good turnout both nights. But once people found that seat, they were loath to give it up. So uh really even though they had displays and things around they had a sale table um the first time people really seemed to give up their seats was when the play was over and they were serving cake because they they had cake and drink to serve afterwards and that was about the first time people got moving and even then people seemed to be basically just kind of standing around in one place blocking everybody <laughs> Because they were in this hallway and there wasn't a lot of room. And I kept trying to uh, get around it. And it wasn't always even easy. But anyway, so people came early. So bear that in mind. If you want to pick your seat, 
make sure you're there fairly early. That'll mean you'll have to sit there for a while. But if if choosing your seat is important to you, it's probably worth it. Uh, there was an option that you could walk around the grounds, and I think they were kind of thinking that people would more than they did, and then they did sort of an abbreviated tour of the building that was available, but since it was really kind of uh, closed off still for the construction, there was a lot of areas you couldn't get to. I don't think many people took advantage of that either, which hopefully in years to come they will. Another thing was while the museum is on the third floor, the founder's room, which is one of the rooms, if you come in the front door, it's the room just on your right in that short little hallway before you get to the big open hallway that runs the length of the front of Old Main. Uh, for many years, this room was used, especially for students, to give them a feeling of kind of permanence of connection to a, trans, a tradition, um, that kind of thing. And just recently, it was agreed that the school would give them that founder's room back. It had been put into use as an office for the superintendent. And when the superintendent was stepping down and a new one took his place, they uh, had made the deal that his office would be somewhere else and that they would get the founder's room back, which they did. There's a couple pieces of uh, fairly original furniture that they have pictures of back in, in the day in there. They're going to have the Mary Ingalls um, register books displayed and uh, hopefully eventually other things. It, it wasn't open the night of the pageant. You might have seen it with a big ribbon on it. They had... The Monday after the pageant, they had a ribbon-cutting ceremony uh, with the mayor and various dignitaries. And it's sort of basically set up now, and at least in its initial phase. And then hopefully, too, eventually it'll have a thing that will kind of encourage you to go up to the third floor. Uh, the third floor um, museum is going to need more of a facelift and redesign and various things. So I don't know how open it's going to be during uh, this process, but be aware uh, you, can all, you can at least see the Founders Room and that's going to have the Mary stuff. Now, as I said, uh, they figured people would be sitting for a while. Oh, and I should mention that these are uh, auditorium-style seats. They're the kind of auditorium-style seats that are wood without padding. So if that is something you think would bother you sitting for a while, you may want to bring a pillow along, just as a heads up. But they figured people would be sitting there a while. So, uh, And they had a pipe organ, which this is actually, I thought, very interesting, that Governor Larrabee, who was an early governor of Iowa, and what he's mostly remembered for now is his house, which is a restored historic site, and it's called Montauk. But something I hadn't known was that he, in his retirement, gave to various cult cultural institutions around Iowa, like I think there were eight of them, 
I'd have to look, check, double check my notes, but I think there were like eight cultural institutions around Iowa that he presented with a pipe organ, which just seems like the coolest thing that you could do. I mean, what a way to, to exit public life that, that you uh, give everybody these wonderful pipe organs. And the pipe organ that they have now, they believe, is one of those organs that has now been uh, that that was at one point redone and kind of refashioned, but that the innards of it is from that original donated organ, they believe. And it unfortunately, it was used uh, for events at the school for a very long time, but it hasn't been uh, played much recently, and it has fallen a little bit into disrepair. And they really are hoping that's one of the things that they can do, encourage people to perhaps donate money towards fixing this organ. Uh, but considering that part of the keyboard was not responding, the organist did an excellent job of playing and uh, played for about a half hour before the actual pageant started. Now, uh, the play part of the pageant was shorter than originally intended. Uh, there was some stuff in the the first half and some stuff in the second half that was were both cut. And they also do not have an intermission between the first half and the second half or the actually the third part at the end. So it just kind of all goes through in a row. But I really have to say I really enjoyed the second half and the third half a lot better than the first half. The first half um, kind of mixed up some stuff from the books, from history, uh, and it was basically the story that most people who know Laura know, that Mary gets sick, she has a fever of some sort, it settles into her eyes, and eventually the doctor tells her that she's going to be blind. They find out that there is a school in Iowa, and they work towards the goal of sending Mary to that school. Probably the most interesting thing about that first part was that it not only did it make Mary the central character of this part of the play within our family, it made Laura really a secondary character. Now, I have seen that happen this particular story dramatized, you know, in Walnut Grove many times. Yeah. And I've seen it different, you know, places on the TV show. But no, no matter what it was, you a lot of, I at least always got the feeling that Laura was the main character, that, that she was, Mary was a secondary character who was allowed kind of to step forward for this one incident but that she was still really a secondary character. And in this, Mary was very much primary. This was very much from Mary's point of view, Mary's story. And it was Laura that really wasn't flushed out as she normally is. Laura wasn't the touchstone for the audience. Mary was. And that was a real kind of... Well, I want to say shock, but it really shouldn't have been because clearly this is Mary's story. But you're just not used to 
seeing Laura in a secondary role. And so it really was, I thought, kind of interesting to see Mary really take on her own and how that did subtly shift the story when Mary was the audience the audience's viewpoint rather than having Laura seeing what Mary was going through being your viewpoint. You were seeing it from Mary's viewpoint. Which was very it really made me think about a lot of things. I, I really liked that part of the first part. Moving on to the second part, which was really the biggest chunk of the story, and they had cut a scene. I I had seen the script before I, I went to the pageant, and I was really sorry that they had cut one of the scenes that they had in there. But that was really, I think, my favorite part. The second part was set at the blind school. And they have Ma and Pa and Mary arrive. And like the audience, they don't know much about what's going on at the school. So they explain not only what the school was like, but why they did certain things. Because it was very well thought through, uh, the system they had and how they did it. They definitely didn't just dump her there and tell her to find a room on her own. I mean, that was... So insulting to the school. They really did a wonderful job. They taught them techniques from from the, really the first minute she was there. They started teaching her to how to become self sufficient, self confident, to not be dependent dependent on other people. And they just did such a great job dramatizing this. And the girl they had play Mary was the one who actually played the young version of Mary in the play they did for the school's anniversary when I saw it. And she just did a phenomenal job. I hope that they'll be able to have her come back next year because she totally sold it. But to see Mary on her own, without Laura, without her family, to have learned these skills and really become fully realized individual that she wasn't just Laura's sister, but that she was able to have dreams of her own, thoughts of her own, friends of her own, uh, that she was attending a girls' boarding school. So there was the group of the girls that were her friends that she kind of interacted with a lot. They talked about things like having to be very certain of, of having a place for everything and always putting it in their place and how you would remember this and how you would remember that. and how you would do this and how you would do that. And just all sorts of dropped-in little mentions that were things that um, if you knew about the school, it's like, oh, yeah, I know about that, that they had, like, for instance, they had this um, system where the boys of any class, the older boys, had to take water by the bucket up and fill this thing. So if there was a fire, there would be a way to to fight that because at the time the Vincent Fire Department could not reach a third floor of a building. So they had to they had, had put in these systems to deal with that. And to just talk about how they uh had systems for things about like how they were would eat and uh how they would pour liquid into a glass and they just had all these little uh, things that they explained and it just if you've ever wondered about that big blank in the story 
where Mary disappears and then when she comes back full of self-confidence and is able to do this and that and the other, it, it just fills in that gap so nicely and I think really, really portrays what the school did because I don't think it gets enough credit, not just for Mary but for all the students who went there and the course of its history and how it allowed them to uh, take back their independence and uh, increased their self-confidence and their self-worth and helped them find a better place for themselves. It, it, it just, I can't say enough of what the school did for people and it still works towards doing for people in a more limited capacity now, unfortunately, in my opinion, because they did such a great job. And I just really have become taken with the whole thing. And that was just the best. I just I just loved that middle part. I, I wish they would have put the other scene out. I could have watched four or five more scenes like that. It just was brilliant. I loved it. Uh, and the last scene of that second half was Mary's graduation. And to be there, now the auditorium had changed a little bit since Mary was there, but to be basically where that would have happened, to watch Mary's graduation unfold, and they take you through the ceremony. And honestly, you, I now feel like I have seen Mary Ingalls graduate, that I somehow got to go back in time and see it. It was an incredibly powerful scene. It was just perfect. I loved it. It was just great. Now, the last part, the third part, was basically based on Grandpa's fiddle and what Rose talks about, her relationship with Mary. And they did a really nice job on that, too, of making you feel like what Mary's life was like after she returned to Dismet. So it, it was just great. I just... The, the last two parts were just, I recommend any Laura fan to go to go see this pageant if you have a chance. It really just was great. And I can't say that enough. It, it just was a terrific show. And I don't think now that you can success, that you can say that you have been to all the pageants if you have not included Vinton. I'm sure there will be changes between this year and next year. This was, you know, the opening event. There's always issues that need to be straightened out and things figured out. And I'm sure that will happen and it will just get better as things go on. So mark it on your calendar now in Pentful because I don't know for sure, the first weekend in August. And if you're coming from out of town, you can stay in Vinton itself. There is a hotel right by, right off 218, that's basically right across from the blind school. That would be a perfectly good place to, to stay. It would be a nice place to stay if you were coming for the pageant. Um, you can also stay in Cedar Rapids. It's fairly close. Um, it says on the highway at 1.17 miles, but that's a little outside Cedar Rapids, so it's probably closer to around 20 um, before you'd get to where a hotel was. There's a bunch of them on 33rd Street right on the uh, southwest edge of Cedar Rapids. 
I think anything on the southwest side of the Cedar Rapids would be reasonable, or you could stay in Vinton proper. Lots of, of options there. And even if you can't make it to the pageant, I hope you will try and get to the blind school at some point. They have the new sign up, and it's just really, there have been a lot, they have really kicked up the interest in Mary and in the history of the blind school in the last couple of years. And I think it is worth, uh, uh, definitely worth your time to add it to your Laura trip, and I hope that people will. And that is about all I can say about the Mary Ingalls pageant. I'm glad I was there for the first one. I'm looking forward to seeing it again, and I hope that you'll be there too. In the meantime, this is Trendlebed Tales saying brighten the corner where you are, and I will catch you next time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.